This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. Good evening, good evening. It's always nice when the Leafs win. Uh, Justin Bean, the Beaner, and Roscoe tonight. The rest of the team is off, but we'll all be back on Saturday. Uh, before we get into the game, Sarah at Sarawal just shared some interesting news with us as we were prepping here. According to cap-friendly transactions and Leaf updates, uh, the Leafs have listed Wayne Simmons as an NHL non-rostered player. So we did you know, two minutes of digging on this, and basically what we can find is uh, section 16.12a of the collective bargaining agreement defines non-rostered as, upon approval of the commissioner, a player who is unavailable to play due to reasons other than injury, illness, or disability, example, birth of a child or attending a funeral, will be designated as non-rostered player. Uh, So Alex Steves has been called up on emergency loan. I mean, all I can think here is it it could be a family emergency. It could be like, it's something out of his control is what it says. So it it also could be COVID. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. All I can say is I really, really hope it's not family emergency. I would rather... As much as we all want to be done with COVID, I would much rather this be a COVID-related incident. But don't they have like a specific COVID protocol list? Like they would say he was added to that. So I don't know. It it could be still that they're just they don't want to come out and say he has COVID before they they know, or maybe he had it and he's the only one that's testing positive and it's affecting him more than they thought it would. Who knows? We have not we have no idea. I'm speculating, but uh, we will watch that as it comes out. Maybe we'll yeah. learn more before we uh, sign off tonight, which would be interesting. But anyway. Pure speculation at this point. The Leafs with a win against a really good team, against a very good team, one of the best teams, and without their best player. So uh, that's happy days, happy days. So, start of the first period. Uh, Mr. Stonehands, Ilya Mikheyev, finally finally with a goalie in the net and their old goalie in the net manages to bury one beautiful there that little backhanded slap into the uh, short side of freddie there that was really yeah. nice uh justin hall picking up the assist there he played well even with that huge cage on his head i'm surprised he can see everything going on poor guy <laughs> fish bowl fish hole but <laughs> um <laughs> oh where's my drum have dad jokes that's what you get from and solely roscoe and beaner night uh then uh second period marner picks up another one magic mitch from uh, lilikran and Tavares, making it two nothing and uh by this point man leafs were getting outshot horde to say the least and shalgren just mm, prince eric thank you sir for holding the net down and giving leafs nation a uh, collective sigh of relief that they can count on a goaltender for a night holy Yeah, he he has done nothing but instill confidence since he's been in the net. Like I, it's been not that it's been a while, but we, we've had a, a little bit of a rough stretch the past couple months with goaltending. So it's it's been nice to see. It has, and I mean, even though he let in two in the third period, there they weren't bad goals. They weren't his fault. I mean, that last one with a couple seconds left, it just managed to squeak out from under his pad. I mean, that's that sucks. You wish you have it back, especially when. You can come out of the game 3-1, but uh, hey, 
still take the W. And uh, Shalgren's undefeated. Well, I mean, kind of. He is. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't count that. Technically, that first one goes on him, but to me, that's a Mrazic loss. Yeah. So uh, that'll take us right to Simon Nomas's question here. Thanks at Simon ninety seven. Uh, so with two games and a bit of playing from Shalgren, do you think you roll the dice with him and Campbell down the stretch, or are we still looking at trading for a goalie here? I think it would come all down to how Campbell feels and how his injury progresses, right? Like if if he is still your guy in your mind and if he's open and honest with you with how he feels, how his injury is healing, and you expect him to come back, 100% roll with it. Because if Campbell comes back and he's your one, you've had faith in him right from the get-go up to this point. So why stop? And Shalgren can be your backup, even if, like, I love the kids so far, but we got to try to be at least a little bit realistic. Chances are this stellar of a play isn't going to continue for an entire season right off the hop. There's a chance it might, but even if it doesn't, you do still have Mrazek there, who in times in the past has proven to be a little streaky and get on a hot streak, so... I'm the, the the warning level is coming down a little bit, but just just maybe a little. A little bit, but unfortunately, we also hear that Joseph Wall was injured either tonight or last night, which sucks because it just absolutely kills the depth of goaltending the Leafs have. Because as we see right now, one and two both go down, and they're not the only team that are facing that right now. A lot of teams are facing goaltender injuries, unfortunately. So the Leafs, it just sucks that it goes all the way down into the minor system. So yeah. I think it, it allows you to maintain the prospects you have and not spend things unnecessarily. Like, I mean, this is this is found gold, right? Nobody thought that your sixth sixth oh, sixth string, man, that is not easy to say. <laughs> uh, would would give you not only a shutout but uh, two wins against. I mean, Dallas is a pretty good team. They're they're trying to fight their way back into a playoff spot, and uh, I mean, Carolina is up there with Colorado for best of the best. So. I I like what I've seen so far. Yeah, hundred percent. It's been really refreshing, and um, who knows? Is this a Bennington story? I mean, it's been thrown around. It's a little early to tell. Um, Bennington did have much better numbers it's... in the minors than Shalgren does, uh, but he's also like I said, it's not like he's even the starter or number two for the Marlies. He's like number three, so he's only been playing because the other guys have been injured. So. I think this is the first chance he's really had to play uh, against a more competitive team, and he's proven he can face the uh, the competition. That is kind of like how the Bennington story happened, though. Like, Huso was the guy down in their farm system, and he got hurt, so Bennington was playing number one minutes, and then I believe it was Allen was the number one at that time, and he got hurt, and Bennington came up and just ran with it. So it... We, we can always hope that we can luck into something like that, right? As Leaf fans, we, you got you to gotta hope. Yeah, here, I'm just going to pull up his AHL numbers. So with, oh, right. He, so he's with the Marlies. He's played 26 games. Um, he's got two penalty minutes. That's funny. He's got a 302 and a 904. So, I mean, it's not amazing. But in Vaxo, I don't know how you say this Swedish league. 
21 games, he had a 2.37 goals against and a 9.11 save percentage. So, like, he, you know, he's never been bad. Yeah. And uh, I've mentioned it before, I think going quite a long ways back. Um, a lot of times for goaltenders, they're a little bit of an anomaly. Like, a handful of goaltenders will actually play better at the NHL level than they will at the AHL level. Because at the AHL level, you have guys who are willing to do anything to get that extra little bit of, you know, notoriety to be called up. That's fair. It's a bit more Wild West on the Whereas, ice. Absolutely. Whereas in the NHL, there's a lot stricter systems. This is what the players do. This is their livelihood. This is This is who they are. So it's it's a lot more predictable and almost almost easier. Like the shots themselves will be faster, better placement, everything like that. But you don't have the the as much randomness as you do Wait, in the lower yeah. Levels. Not only from the other team that you're facing, but from your own team, you have more predictability. You have a better defense in front of you. You've got forwards that know how to play defensively, unlike you know probably most in the AHL. So you're right. It is. In some ways, it can be an easier situation for a goaltender. So it's nice to see that he's flourishing and not, uh, you know, getting scared in the, the spotlight. So it's great. Absolutely. Ethan Bear and Trocek picking up the two for Carolina. But cash money makes another deposit, as I say. Man. Um, that doesn't sound as good coming from you as it does, Steph. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Steph. Uh, <laughs> but... I think it was Mike pointed out um, at MTC underscore 80. Is Andre Kasha the first Leaf player to score in three straight games as a Toronto Arena, a Toronto Maple Leaf, and a Toronto St. Pat? I tried to do a little bit no way to find on this. this. And no, it's... And I apologize to everyone. I'm currently on the road for training for work out in Fort Mac. Um... But I, I'm going to have to say he probably is. The The number of times that the Leafs have actually worn alternate jerseys is very, very few and far between. And the chances of them, even if it was, say, in the early thousands when they had that wicked white throwback alternate jersey with the wicked Leaf on the front and the solid blue shoulders, even if it was that and then a home game and an away game, all three in a row, even the chances of that are fairly slim. Yeah, it just kind of lucked out that the Winter Classic was a game before or, you know, at least near the uh, the St. Patrick's game. So I'd say yeah. that Matthews probably has a goal yeah, in all the uniforms because like, he's scored as a St. Pat previously, I believe. Because last time they wore them, they won 76. Yeah. I'm going to assume he had a goal in there. And he scored... If I remember correctly, he scored the first time they wore them at the game I was at. Oh, in the, the Chicago one? So he scored the only yeah. goal that game. Um, yeah, so he must have scored in all the jerseys, but I think Kosh is probably the only one to do it in three straight games. That's wild. It's a fun stat. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun stat. Uh, sure. A couple trades have happened. Um, some that I guess we expected, but maybe not this early. So Josh Manson, first of all, went uh, from Anaheim to uh, Colorado. In what we thought would be kind of the tone-setting price, no? Was that not the impression that you got? That like, oh, if this is what Manson's going for, okay, 
we should be able to expect that the price has gone down a little bit because it is, as everyone keeps saying, a buyer's market. Yeah, the the two the two, I guess you could say, big names. Um, no disrespect to Giordano or Chikrin, but Chikrin's hurt. But the two names that have been constantly thrown out there is Ben Schrott and Josh Manson. Now, I don't know if maybe Manson was putting his foot down with the teams that he was willing to go to because he did have a little bit of play there. But, like, in, in, in fairness, I don't, I'm not 100% familiar with this prospect, so he might turn out to be Drew Hellison. He might turn out to be, who knows, a, a, a very, very good pickup for the Ducks. But to me, that was nothing at all. That was almost a, well... He's not going to let us trade him to somewhere else, so let's just get him out of yeah, here. Yeah, so it was a second-round pick uh, next year because this has been the, the trend is all the draft picks that people want are next year's because you know, the, the O is really – I mean, all the junior leagues are impossible to, to scout right now. Um, mm-hmm. And Drew Hellison. So, like I said, I don't know much about this or anything about Drew Hellison, but, I mean, he could be a former first-round. Um, here, let me actually check. Who is Drew Hellison, fill some time for me here. <laughs> here, Drew Hellison was selected 47th overall by the Avalanche. Okay. Um, Farmington, Minnesota. He's 20. Um, okay, well, so... Some prospect. Anyway, I thought this would bring the price of everybody down, but... Uh, like you said, it could just be because Manson refused to waive his no trade to go many other places that they were kind of forced to send him to Colorado, who, you know, they don't have much they want to move. No. No, they really don't. Uh, and then, shockingly, Ben Sherratt goes to the Panthers. I mean, I, I didn't think if they were going to go in on Giroux, I thought that was going to be the the only one, but it seems they could go for both. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Ben Sherratt. I don't get this whole obsession with him. So it's Ty Smilanic taken 74th overall in 2020 and a first round pick in 2023 and a fourth round in 2022. What's important is this first round pick is not protected. Which, oh my God. Oh, they didn't they protect, didn't protect it. it, dude. I just found that out today. I didn't know this originally. <laughs> See... Everyone says, well, oh, it's Florida, so, you know, it's not like they're going to tank next year. The Montreal Canadiens just went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they are in last place. So anything can happen, and I think that not protecting this, it makes it fun. I hate when they protect them. But this is insane. for An unprotected first-rounder for Ben Sherratt? Like, we barely ever see this anymore, an unprotected. And for Ben Sherratt, am I missing something? I didn't think he was worth that. Like, it, maybe we're all missing something. Maybe we're all getting played here. But I, I've seen a couple takes on Twitter like, oh, you know, he doesn't do much in the regular season, but you saw how hard he was to play against. Yeah, okay. He was that hard to play against when he had Weber out there with him, when he had Price behind him stopping the puck. No offense, Jake Allen. But there, the atmosphere you're around does change that. That being said... On a team like the Panthers, he has the potential. He has that insulation. But I'm just seeing where Daily Faceoff has him slotted in. They don't yet. So yeah, like you put him with Radko Gugas, probably. 
Ooh, uh, that uh, that'd be kind of a little bit of a rough defensive pairing, but I wouldn't be overly afraid of going against them if I was an offensive player. Well, I mean, their defense right now is not that they got Wegar and Ekblad, which are great, and then Forsling, Gudis, mm-hmm. Lindbaum, Montour. Like, I get why they. I, I guess they were up against the wall. They need a defenseman maybe more than the Leafs do looking at this group. I don't watch Florida games, uh, but that doesn't seem like a super stellar defensive core. No, they've, they've, they've definitely got pieces there. Um, I, I wouldn't put it much worse than the Leafs. It's a little worse, but I wouldn't put it a lot oh, worse. Oh, right. Anton Lundell's um, there too, isn't he a defenseman? No, he's oh, right. center. He's the rookie centerman that I was I was pimping all all right, season. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, I I guess Montour hasn't really worked out the way they wanted to. Um, he he's actually from where I grew up, so it, I I really want him to succeed, even if he is on the Panthers. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just really really glad that Florida did that. So that, not that I think Dubis was going after him hard, but he can't now. So that's, that kind of calms my nerves a little bit. Yeah, if it was like auction style and that's what Florida ended up, you know, winding up paying, I'm okay with that. If everybody else said it, went, you know what, if you guys are going, you just, they just said unprotected the first. Oh yeah, no, they can do it. We're out, we're out. Yep, 100%. So the names that are being thrown around now with the Leafs are really interesting. Um, it's funny because if anybody listens to the Dangle podcast, they brought up Chara almost as a joke to throw him on the, the uh, fourth line with Wayne Train and Spezza. But now Chara is actually seriously being talked about as a potential target for the Leafs. What do you think of this? Um, I don't mind the idea, but part of me wonders if he would kind of kibosh it. Now, I haven't looked at his contract. I don't think he has any kind of protection. But I know even when he was a free agent, when he was leaving Boston, he wanted to stay along the East Coast, right? Because he wanted to be close to his family. Washington was still close to his family. As as far as I know, most of his family is still in Boston. Um, and I, I don't know how much he would want to come to a Canadian market. I know we're still on the East Coast, but, but all, all that aside... As much as I hate to say it because he hurt us so much, I kind of wouldn't mind it. I'm in the same boat. If you're going for a playoff push, that's a piece even this year. I think this is the last year you can really consider him like valuable in any way. Maybe. I could be wrong. He could still be great next year. But I think if you want someone who's competitive and look, if you're that age, what is he, 42, 43? If you're yeah, that age so. and you can still get out there and compete with 19, 20, 24, 26 year olds, like that is somebody that does not give up. And that's something that uh, I think could rub off on these Leafs moving forward and be nice to have him be sent off by Toronto if he ends up retiring. Yeah, I he's got the cups like, man, he knows what to do to win in the playoffs. I wouldn't hate it, honestly. No, I It'd be really, really weird getting used to for those oh, years God, when yeah. he was with the Bruins and he was terrorizing us. But Even back when he was with Ottawa. I don't hate it. You're right. Um, 
And on the on the other side of it too, the asking price can't be that high for. Chara. That's the thing is if with all these names on the board and with how we've seen, you know, Riley and Labushkin and Brody play lately and Sandine, do you need to go out and spend all this money? Like you have a top four at this point. Why do you need to spend prospects on a pick when you could spend maybe less and get? somebody to replace Dermot or Hull on the bottom pair there, you know? And if that's Zdeno Chara for like a third round pick in 2023, do that. Yeah. Like the guys played more NHL games than any defenseman in the history of the game. <laughs> that's wild. It's crazy how two games with Shalgren has just completely changed everything about the vibe going into trade deadline day like nobody knows what dubas is going to do now because goaltending is maybe a little better less questionable defense maybe a little better less questionable forwards same thing like what do i do here <laughs> it i think it's almost a a perfect imperfect storm if that makes any sense like matthews gets suspended so your best player is out for two games. Your goalies have given you no confidence whatsoever. So you go to the sixth stringer and call up Shalgren. And the team picks it up because they're ticked off that Matthews is gone. So they play a complete game from start to finish in the full 200 feet of the rink. And Shalgren does what he knows he can do and provides steady goaltending. So it just makes the entire game for every time he's been in look that much cleaner and that much better. And it just kind of calms everybody down. Like we talked about this a little while ago. We just need to kind of to play out of it. And it almost looks like they are, except the goalies. We just got to the point where we just threw Shalgren in because Mrazek wasn't able to play out of it. Yeah, and one of the things I noticed tonight was they fought back without... I mean, they, Marner, you heard him screaming for some calls, but you almost saw them accept that nothing was going to get called at one point. And you just saw Spezza goes for the blatant trip. People are throwing cross checks out. They're like, you know what? Fine. If this is what's going to happen, let's play that game. And that's not that I love that. That's how the game is going, but the Leafs can't just roll over and take it every night. When this happens to them, I love to see them fighting back. Like, I mean, Engvall was pushing through everybody uh, bunting the same thing. Like, man, these guys are great. Clifford trying to score while he was, Parked on his ass in front of the net. That was my favorite. Yeah. Even though he had like no chance. What, what it was, was great. Yeah. Like if you think back to when Babcock was here, what was fundamentally the biggest issue with the Leafs? Uh, I'm not starting on time. Not caring. Fall, uh, giving up. You're just you're just thinking the sound clip. I don't know. There was there was no no adaption. Right from the head coach right down to every single player. They couldn't adapt to anything. Like, Babcock was playing Hyman the most minutes in a game when Hyman was playing on half a knee. Yeah, well, Babcock's like not working anymore. <laughs> no, I know, and there's there's good reason for that. No disrespect to him, but it's it's really, really nice to see that something has clicked. And they're like, hey, you know what? We're not going to get these calls, so let's, let's play through it. That's kind of... For lack of a better way to describe it, let's stoop to that level. Yeah, and without going to the point that Matthews did where you draw a suspension. Like, you know, you can play rough and this put the whistle away hockey without being aggressive and, and drawing the eye of the department of uh, whatever the hell they call themselves. 
the Department of Paros hates yeah. the Leafs. Well, it's not even the Leafs. He just hands out arbitrary uh, decisions every time. But the other thing that was great to see tonight was um, the penalty kill. Just again, even the, like the Leafs didn't get any calls their way, really. So they were on the penalty kill a couple times. And it's like Marner, like I said the other night, he creates himself a chance every time they're on the penalty kill. It's insane. Whether they score or not. It's actually incredible. Because that that's an easy kill of like twenty seconds off the clock, but right? between him going that way, where they have to make a save, turn it back around, like talk about killing a penalty, like keep them on their heels the whole time. It's the best way to do it if you have the skill and the speed to do it, which he clearly does. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, I got a sandwich of minus in here tonight. Nylander looks rough, man. Is he like reading Twitter of all these fake things about him getting traded? Like, what's going on? He looks off. Like they were setting up a play. I forget if it was in the second or third period where everybody was in position and he just kind of turned around and, and turned the puck over without looking where he was passing it on like a four foot pass. I'm like, what are you doing? And it went the other way. And I think off the next face off was when oh, it was on the third. Cause I think it was when Ethan bear scored. It's uh, yeah. What's I, going on with him, man? I, I wouldn't be surprised because he's kind of that type, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if he is on social media a lot. But at the same time, with the interviews you see of him and that, I wouldn't have expected him to be someone who would be affected by that. Yeah, I mean, we've heard Marner, like, people joke about him searching his name when he gets home. And you can tell whenever the, the media is rough on him, it, it, it has a direct effect on his game. So we know that he's reading it. But yeah, you're right. We've never seen Nylander really get shaken up like this. But I think it could be a combination of the trade deadline coming up and how serious he could be taking these things. Like, you know, am I a piece that could mm-hmm. be moved out? Like, does this make sense for the team moving forward? Like, uh... well, look at it from his point of view. He's lost that Neil ticket of being on Matthew's wing. Cause at first Matthews and Nylander were inseparable. Fair enough. Babcock would never put Marner with him. So he lost that Neil ticket. Matthews, Marner and Bunting aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Tavares, Nylander, and Kerfoot were playing well. And they have fallen off the edge of the earth. Like, Tavares has kind of started to wake up a little bit, partly because the puck luck has to get better at some point in time, and partly because now he's playing up with Marner and Bunting. Yeah, and, and, and because Kasha has been really good as a, a fill-in there too. Yep. So he, he's, he's a smart man. His dad played in the NHL. He knows how the business works, right? So he's he, it's got to be what's going on. He's got to be getting inside his head like, well, crap, I grew up with these guys. Yeah. Like, we all came, essentially, we all came into the league together. These are my brothers. I don't want to leave, but I might be the odd man out. And realistically, with how things are going now and how everybody's playing, like we just talked about, it doesn't make sense. Like, the only reason that his name was getting thrown out is because of how dire the situation was. It's like we talked about the beginning of this year when they went on that absolute tank show. Everyone's like, okay, is this the time to talk about actually moving Marner Tavares or somebody out? Like, that's where we're at now. It's, you know, the goaltending was abysmal and we're looking less than two months away from the playoffs. It's like, do we have to make a serious move here to bring in somebody like Marc-Andre Fleury? And if you want to do that, maybe somebody like Nylander has to be involved. So I think he's lucky that Shalkran's been good. Got some uh, some help from the homeland. 
Yeah, like, uh, how about them Swedes, too? Sandy, I, I've been Pippin Sanding for the whole year. But even even Lily. Lily has played very, very well lately. And I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the giraffe carrying them all and leading them all and inspiring them all to to, to play. Or maybe Salming called them up. Legendary Leaf Swede or Sundin, right? Like, the Leafs are a big deal in Sweden no because of some of the players that have played before them. So maybe it's a little bit of that going on. I don't mind it. Hey, and did you see with uh, Kelly Yarncroke going to Calgary, Yarncroke, Lindholm, and Markstrom are all from the same town in Sweden of less than 75,000 people. That is insane. It's like we were talking about yeah. Survivor, where you go to an island in Fiji and the person in your tribe is from 10 minutes away from you. Like, how do you come all the way over from Sweden to the NHL and there's two other guys on your team that are from the same town that you grew up in? Like, that's wild. Sweden's kind of known for that, though. Like, a lot of their a lot of their small towns just explode with players. And I don't know if it's because you get one or two generational kids coming up in that town. So then just by matter of playing against them all the time, everyone around them gets better or that's fair. Like it, you look at, uh, I think it's a town that Hedman's from and I am going to butcher the name. Um, yeah, I couldn't read Orn, it. Ornskoldsvik. Nice. And like, <laughs> that's probably completely wrong. But if I remember correctly, Hedman's from there. I think Naslin's from there. Peter Forsberg, the Sedin twins. What? Yeah. That's it's wild. Like an NHL factory. That's It's an NHL wild. factory. It's absolutely incredible. A town the size of like Belleville. Yeah, it's a it's not a big town. It's just a little like factory town, right? Like Crazy. Okay, so now that we have kind of put the situation into perspective, it's uh, what is it Thursday? We've got four days it till is. deadline. Uh, what what's the target now? Because so many things have been thrown out from goalies to defense to forwards. It's never been this up in the air and this many big names being tossed around. Whether it's JT Miller or Mark Giordano or Mark Andre Fleury, lots of marks. There is, yeah. Um, I, I still personally would love to see, I don't know if you could probably him out of Chicago, but I would love to see Hagel, um, cause he's kind of like a, a bunting type player. So if you could get him to get some chemistry with JT and have kind of a bunting Matthews, JT Hagel type thing. Yeah. I like that. I think that, that. Yeah, I think that would be very good. Maybe you do a package deal and get Calvin DeHaan out of Chicago as well. Because here's the situation. It's like as as much faith as you can have in any of these positions, you're in a you're in a space this year where you can go for it. And Matthews and Marner are both having the best bleh, seasons of their career. And you have pieces to move. You've got prospects and you have a first rounder that you really don't need. It's mm-hmm. you ha- it's like you have money you have a surplus. You have money and you need to spend it you might as well bring something in because you have things to spend. It's just now you have no idea where to spend them. And I don't envy Kyle Dubas. It, it can't be easy. Like there's so much uncertainty. Yes. That everything's kind of calmed down a little bit with Shalgren coming in and 
and quieting things down. But what do you do? Do you still? I I do still think they need some sort of stability on the back end. Um, not that over the last couple of games it's been horrible, but it can be better, especially if if we want to consider ourselves a legit cup contender, which we do, and I think rightfully so. But like. If you could go and get someone like Hagel, he's got this year and two more left on his contract for one point five. Okay. What do you and he's only twenty three. What do you give up for him? See if maybe you could do I'm not sure really what Chicago's looking for, but maybe a second this year and Dermot? I was gonna say Dermot. Like not that I want to move Dermot, but or or maybe because somehow people value Hall a lot. Do you move Hall? Is this our way to get rid of him? Yeah, I mean, I think just because of the sheer dollars between him and Dermot, that Hall makes more sense to move out now that you've got Sandine Lilligren, um, Muzzin Labushkin, Riley Brody. Like you don't you don't need him anymore, um, especially with how he's had some good games, but he's overall been inconsistent this season. And uh, at two million bucks, he's right-handed. If some, if if Chicago really wants that, it's just I don't see them valuing him enough for Hagel. But yeah, with a second, sure, I would do that. That's a borderline. I think Toronto would still have to add a little bit more to get Chicago to pull the trigger on that, that deal. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. But um, I'm not going to pull a Friedman and throw a random name out of the blue like Andrew Kopp that was out there stupid. or anything, but. Yeah, I think he's just trying to see how far it goes like he did with the JT Miller thing. I think he's just tired of like everything he says blows up and becomes like, oh, at least you're going to get this person. He's like, I, fine, I'm just yeah. going to, here, have another name. Let's throw another name out in the universe. Because yeah. none, none of this I, matters until Monday. I'm not the one making these trades. <laughs> no, and, and none of it does. Like, I don't mind the idea of uh, Scott Mayfield. I know that was thrown out with a fake tweet yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yet again, asking price, like I would, I would almost, I was going to say I would almost rather char than Mayfield because the asking price wouldn't be as high, but Mayfield is still young. He's in his mid twenties. So there's potential to grow there with the team, right? It, there's so many different ways you can go forward wise. I don't think we need to break the bank on a forward if at a forward at all. But if we did, I'd want it to be someone like a, like a bunting. So like a haggle, like someone not someone who's a sniper, not someone who's a goon, but someone who's just digging in the corners. Kind of, yeah, cut from the mold that Leaf players have loved forever. Like you go Hyman, you go back to like a, a, a Tucker was a little grittier, but you know, like that that style. Tucker, um, even Clark, Peter Holland Clark was that way. Like we've had, well, that's a little Dave Boland stretching. I mix them up. Yeah, before they he, play at the same time hurt. and have similar names. I mix them up all the time. Even, but, but like that that style of player has been what Leaf fans from every single generation have loved. You go back to the seventies; everybody loved like Tiger Williams and Lanny McDonald. So you had players that could score, that could hit, that could do kind of everything. You go back into the sixties with Eddie Shack. Like the guy had a song named after him. Clear the track. Here comes Shack. Like <laughs> it. it this team has always been built, hasn't normally been built on superstars. It's always been like a team aspect. Everybody contributes. So that's the type of player that I would personally like to see come in. Oh, I'm just, 
a guy rambling on about it on a podcast at night. So, <laughs> and the other the other thing is, if you bring somebody in, in at the deadline, whether it's in that position, and I would even lump a goaltender into it, it's hard to have that short of a runway before the playoffs to become part of the team, right? Like if you're you're a team yeah. guy, like you, you're talking about, you have to be part of the system, and everybody has to trust you, and you have to trust them, and that takes more than a couple games to build. And you've only got what 100%. 20 games left till the playoffs, I think. So it's hard. And that's why I worry about bringing a goaltender in. I mean, of course, Shalgren comes in from within the system and that's kind of the same kind of different. But if you bring somebody like, uh, I don't like this talk of flurry. I think it's going to be somebody like, honestly, like we've been talking about, I like Carol Vamelka uh, just because of his record. Like Steph has said against, really, really, really high level teams like Colorado, Florida, and Tampa, who the Leafs are going to have to go yep. against. So um, somebody who faces a lot of high danger shots because they're on a garbage team with no defense. I also like the idea of investing in Chikrin because it's a long-term play that is effective right now. Like, it's not like he's going to be good. He already is, and he's young, and he's signed. And I think from what we've seen this year and with the injuries, Muzzin's not going to get better and mm-hmm. i think we're going to in the off season be talking about where we move from here with jake muzzin and uh you're going to need a replacement there and i think if you make the investment in jacob chicker and you solve that problem for a couple years absolutely um as much as i would hate to say it is muzzin become the new island like he might and i hate to the, say that but in the legal papers and Legal papers are submitted. It's now Muzzin Island, not Robot Island. Like, yeah, like, now I we have want to say that, but what do you do? Hopping on the Wayne train to nowhere land, apparently. Like, yeah, I, I th- that concerns me a little bit because he's got a young family. Like, I really, really, really hope that it's as bad as it sounds. Like, kind of hope it's COVID. Yeah, I want to see if we have any update on this, but I don't think there is. Uh, I just tried to look. I didn't see mine. No, okay. I won't waste the time then. So that I think that's the most realistic thing is either a long-term investment or, you know, like a team player piece on the forward. I don't think a goaltender move is going to happen. Like, I mean, it might. It might, honestly. Just for somebody that's, because Jack is injured, like if he was just playing a little rough and wasn't hurt, It'd be a different story, but the fact that we don't really know the timeline on him coming back right now, it sounds good so far. They said he's been looking good, so it could be a week or two, but damn. It's so, so frustrating, right? Does he, does Dubis pull something like last year when you pulled in Riddick? And it was kind of mediocre. kind of an insurance. Yeah. Like, clearly Mrazek hasn't been doing it. Is Carter Hutton worth pulling up? I don't think so. Do you go after like an Antoine Forsberg? I think Ottawa wants to lock him down. Maybe. Do you? Is there a way you can swing it? And this is just me kind of fanboying here a little bit. Can you? Can you pry Reimer out of San Jose? You know what? That might that be possible. He has, he has the right mindset, and like I, I think he could slide into that locker room and not not ruin anything, especially because Riley's still there. He knows Riley. Riley can kind of... Is it Riley the, the only hey. one who's still there from that <laughs> era? Holy shit. 
<laughs> well, I can't remember exactly when Reimer was traded. Nylander might have just been coming in. Um, but, yeah, like, they all come back. We would have the nicest goaltending tandem in the, in the entire NHL with Campbell and Reimer. 2016. You can't hate either of those guys. February 2016, they traded him to the Sharks. So, Nylander would at least have seen him in, like, training camp and stuff like that. I can't remember when Nylander was first called up, but he did start playing the end of that season. That's so funny. Uh, just quick further to the San Jose Sharks. They locked down Thomas Hurdle for 8 times 8.137 pi, whatever the hell that number was. Good on him, though. Like, good on Hurdle. Yeah. Uh, that contract's going to suck in uh, two years, three years. Like, what are... <laughs> What is it with San Jose and throwing money at things? Do you remember what they wanted to give John Tavares? Mm-hmm. 13 million? Yep. Like, they gave Eric Carlson, what, 12 and a half, 11 and a half? What is this team doing with money? And they go nowhere. It's unbelievable. No, they, they don't. But, like, you can look at it from both ways. Hurdle, he's been valuable to that team since he's been there. Yeah. Hurdle like, and Meyer are the best in... guys there now. 100%. And you saw what happened when they let Pavelski walk. And then they let two of the cornerstone pieces of their franchise in Marlon Thornton walk. Now, granted, they were both kind of over the hill at that point. Yeah, you're welcome, San Jose. <laughs> but it's nice that they were able to lock up one of their pieces and get him to stay, especially in a market like San Jose when they're not performing well on the ice, it can get a little dicey there, right? Um, uh, so, yeah, $65 million they, dollars to live in California and play hockey where no one cares? Poor guy. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. Must have been a tough decision. They, they, they might have overpaid a little bit just to kind of keep them, kind of like the Wierenski thing in Columbus. But, hey, good on Hurdle. Yeah, how old is he? Because it's the he eight years that I'm like... 20- He's 28 years old, so he'll be 36. Oh, eight years for a 26-year-old? Are you guys nuts? For a 28-year-old. 28-year-old, yeah, sorry. That's that's crazy. That's like, oh my god. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see how that one turns out. Because once he uh, hits the tail end of that, you can't buy him out anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, that'd be fun. Um, so what else do we have? What else happened this week? Oh, the, um, huge news for women's hockey. Holy, the, uh, PWHPA got word over the weekend that they, uh, on the table is 20 to $25 million of potential funding if they can get this league together and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like they're approached by the NHL to have team like a liaison teams or like they would have a, a team in the NHL that's like their whatever the word is basically Affiliate. almost like their sponsor like so yeah the NHL has asked the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and the Premier Hockey Federation which are the two major professional women's hockey leagues in North America to attempt to reach an agreement or a settlement that would kind of merge them now, merge the two of them together mean, or merge them with the NHL? Because that's the wording that I get lost on. As far as I'm aware, it would be to merge them together. So 
when everything was kind of going down and there was all the competition between the two leagues and everybody was pushing for the NHL to kind of step in there, what was the one thing that they always said? Well, we don't want to get involved and pick one or the other. Like that was layman's terms, but that was basically what Bettman was saying. He didn't want to be responsible for one league thriving and one league failing. Right. And he had always made comments like if they could get together and be one league, then maybe we can talk. So this is basically them saying, hey, we need to quiet everybody down. If you guys can agree one league or the other to be the sole primary league, let's get something done. So, I mean, in a perfect world, like you, like we're saying, you'd have affiliate teams. So the Leafs would then have like, you know, the Toronto six as their, you know, their sponsored team. So I'm sure that NHL would start putting money into this and we'd see the game grow. And really it's crazy, but it's not that crazy. All of this is due to this Canadian women's team. Holy shit. They're so good. And like, even you can even go back before that, like look at some of the players in the women's like the women's world championships and the women's Olympics, like Hillary Knight, she could pro I not probably she could keep up with a lot of the players in the NHL. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not discrediting what these leagues have done to get to the point they're at. What I, what I mean by what the team Canada women's team has done is that the thing that was missing was people that are just on the fringe that watch hockey, but don't watch women's hockey were drawn in or maybe people or maybe women that didn't want to watch men's hockey are like, Oh, this is actually like a really good, they're really competitive. It drew so many fans in because they were so good. And that mm-hmm. was what was missing. There's just enough eyes that advertisers put money into it. And then, you know, you can get a real league together and it's unfortunate that that's the only thing that was holding them back, but Hey, it worked. Well, when we've started to see it a little bit, like the, a couple of NHL teams have sponsored, um, I can't remember what they're calling it. It used to be like the rivalry series or the showcase or the, the rematch type yeah. thing, right? Like they just held it in Pittsburgh. So the Penguins basically sponsored it and helped with everything, with advertising, with getting fans in there to put Team USA versus Team Canada again because of the fact that it is damn good hockey. Yeah, and Washington, I think, did something earlier this season too. They held like, I think it's Gillette that does or Secret. One of the mm-hmm. one of the shaving brands does uh does tournaments for them. Sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I don't I wasn't planning on talking <laughs> about this. Um but also in women's hockey news and crossover into men's hockey news. Do you have the name in front of you? Because again, I'm off the top of my head here. Eve Gascon. Oh my gosh. Take it away because I'm you've got the note. So she is set to become the just the third female to play in the Quebec Major Junior League. Woohoo! Yeah. So I, I'm kinda kinda pumped and shame on me. I did not even know this was coming. So I'm a little disappointed that I did not know that. But this Saturday she will make her QMJHL debut in net for the Gatineau Olympic on Saturday. They play following like in the fifteen minutes away from me. You should go to the game. I should. I'm not doing anything. Well, Leafs play no pr- Saturday No now. pressure. Um, so she follows in the footsteps of Manon Rayom and Charlene Labonte to be just the third woman to appear in a CHL game. 
Well, good on you for knowing that there were two others. What positions did they play? Were they also goalies by chance? Yes. Interesting. Come on now. Well, no, I I think it's interesting because wasn't it the Florida Panthers or the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in their training camp once had um, a female goalie, and it's it seems to only be goalies that they're taking chances on first. It's. I don't want to get anybody upset in the way I word this, but I believe it's because there is a male kind of misguided and misled thought that the women couldn't handle it in other positions. Yeah, fair. I, I so, yeah. so this is the way, in, in a way, I think this is their thought of saying, hey, sure, they want to come in and play goalie, go ahead. But pretty soon they're not, like they're going to be forced to have to move on from this. Like I'm not sure which team it was, but there was an ECHL team that wanted Marie Philippe Poulon. Wow, I butchered that. To yeah. you're it's it's to- okay because you're out in the uh, prairies. You're allowed to be bad at French. <laughs> that that belongs on a a little more political of a podcast, but um. She, she was basically called up by an ECHL team. Also, shout out. We have some Calgary fans and Fort Mac fans that are like the first people to listen to the show every time I post it. So I hope I, I know you do. And that joke was for you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I really, really, really hope that she just goes out and kills it because it's, it's getting to the point where, the leagues can't ignore the female players anymore. Like there's not a single hockey fan on this planet who can watch the female Olympics or the world championships and say that is bad hockey. No, like Marie Philippe Poulain and Sarah nurse are two of the best hockey players I've ever seen play the game. And I didn't, I honestly, I didn't really know who they were before the last 12 months. And now it's like their household names in Canada. It's crazy crazy and it's great for the game so hopefully we see more of this and uh you know like we're saying people outside of just goaltenders uh getting a chance to play for junior teams and and ahl teams and making their way into the nhl like i'm surprised that it hasn't been since i haven't heard about it since the one goaltender that i'm pretty sure it was florida tried out that was the early 2000s even tampa it was men on realm and it was it was when they first came into the league in the early 90s Phil Esposito actually started it as a publicity stunt because, yeah. hey, what better way to get people to look at the Tampa Bay Lightning than to put a woman in that? Okay, well, that's less entertaining then. Yeah. But, hey, she held her own. Didn't make the team, oh. unfortunately. Ah, in the 90s, that's kind it's of 90s. a given. Yeah. Uh, so, last little thing. This is all the way back to the game, but uh, the Leafs take <laughs> their... Okay, so there's competing stats on this. I say, from my research, it's 11. David Alter says it's 12. I know I'm challenging him here. Leafs take their 11th too many men on the ice penalty this season. I looked it up. They took four last season in the whole year. There were other teams that took like six to eight, uh, upwards of nine. Nobody gets more than 10. And the Leafs are now at 11. And we're at... Uh, game, I don't know, I can't do math that quick. 22, Probably 62? 40, 60. We're only at game 60. 
Uh, 38, 15, and 5, that's 22, and 38, yeah, that's 60. Nice. Matthews has a little more ground than I thought. Peros might not have screwed up the 60-goal chase. Yeah, or did this one count as 61? Is that one not? Because I'm looking at the score for tonight. Maybe this was the 61st game. I might be wrong. Probably. Anyway. It's probably not updated yet. Um, by the way, I completely missed her name, and I had to look it up, which, shame on me. But another shout-out to Kendall Coyne-Schofield for oh, yeah. absolutely destroying everybody in the fastest skater at the NHL All-Star game a couple years ago. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so what? back to this stupid, stupid stat, though. How do the Leafs continue to take these bench miners, man? Like, I mean, for for one, if they had called one on Spezza for running into the linesman in the door, I actually would have turned the game off and said, we're not doing a podcast tonight. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because they were talking about on the broadcast. They're like, oh, they're going to give them a too many men here. Like, guys, shut up. Don't even. Don't even. The linesman was literally in the door. But how do you yet again take another too many men on the ice penalty? This is wild. The only like, thing I the, can say... Is it the players or is it the assistant coaches? Is it the one running the door? Because I see people I tweet like, point, teach these guys to count to five. And I'm like, I don't think it's the players. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I give you a pause and then I start talking again. No, I'm no, it's host. all good. Um, I, I'm kind of with you. To me, it's it's leaning towards the assistant coaches. But at this point, we've seen the way this team cares about each other. I'm just going to say it. They're having so much fun, they can't wait to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most positive, cute excuse that we're going to give them. <laughs> They're just having too much fun, you guys. Mitch just Absolutely. wants to jump back over the boards. and Oh, God. They really got it. Yeah, but I mean... They got to stop taking this penalty. This is getting insane. And again, like I said last uh, last episode, Labushkin's good for a penalty a game, and yet again he takes another penalty. So uh, it's part of the way he plays. I get it, but you know, a little more discipline would be nice. Every game is a little much in twenty twenty two. I'm okay with it because that just gives Marner his little niche market there to get another scoring chance. So. Yeah, I mean, him and Bunting both drawing penalties in the same game. It's getting. Uh, a little status quo for these guys. We need it. Yeah. Officiating is garbage snarl. though. Um, I don't I don't know what's going on again. I don't even want to get into it. Officiating was just absolutely freaking horrible again. Um Leafs play uh who do we got next? We'll go with predictions for the last Nashville. couple minutes here. Nashville. Ooh. Nashville. So we will be back with that game. What's your prediction for that? Because they've got pretty good uh pretty good all around team going right now yeah i say mrazic bounces back and i it's a, a nail biter but i think the leafs pull it out three two all right you think mrazic starting again or yep. starting this one yep i i think if if shalgren would have pulled a miracle man and pulled a shut up shut out off i think they would have put him back in but Keith doesn't want to completely destroy Mrazek, so he'll throw Mrazek back in in the hopes that he can rekindle something. Yeah, I guess you don't want to break either of them. So yep. uh, probably the right move to put Mrazek in. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring because it's the Preds and it's Mrazek, and the Leafs are going to have to score their way out of a hole. I'm going to say it's a f- like 5-3, 5-4 type of game. 
hoping. But look, the Leafs look how they've been playing side. the last couple of games, though. Yeah, I know it's with, I know it's with Shogren and that, but if they can keep that style, if they can keep that style right into the playoffs, which is a tall task because it's a, a long ways away yet, I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm confident. Yeah, I mean the last two weeks they've needed five goals to win a game and the last two they've needed i mean we'll call it three they won four nothing over the stars and three two tonight so yeah that's a lot better that's a lot better so absolutely if we stick to that you know hopefully but i still think uh with mrazic back in i don't know man I just, he doesn't have my trust right now but i'm just being negative so we we will be joined by josh and selmo on saturday so he's got uh quite the trade list going on he's from uh, battleborn uh fan talk i believe sorry yes battleborn fan talk i apologize josh i've got too many notes going here uh so he's put together his top 50 trade target list so we're going to be talking whoever's left on the board by uh by saturday night and uh, what the leafs trades could look like and what the other top people like drew who honestly by the time we finish the show could be traded to florida by the sounds of it uh yeah Fun show ahead. We'll have everybody back, the whole team, lots of things. So uh, tune in. Anything you want to close us with, Beans? Um, no. No, I'm good. cool. Remember to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember to like and subscribe and uh, leave us a rating and uh, leave us a review and uh, win some hockey games. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.